Welcome to another episode of Beer and Backfire Podcast. Once again, with Corey and Jordan alone today, we uh, thought we'd get one quick one in here. Hopefully, uh, is phrasing still a thing? <laughs> hopefully, hopefully it all goes goes smoothly and goes to plan. Uh, we just put the dogs away, and Sandra just left. So hopefully, it'll be quiet enough to record something because dogs running around the backyard barking. Does not make for a good episode. No. What is this? What is this? You were you were drinking oh, nectar and knife. I was drinking nectar and knife because Adam was so generous to bring me a four pack when I did helped him do his front brakes on his Kia the other the other day. Gotcha, gotcha. So that was very nice. I am I am not drinking any beer right now. I had several earlier. I was actually gonna bring um, some nice whiskey with me, mm. but I couldn't find my flask. And I didn't really want just a bottle of whiskey rolling around the back seat. That's fair. All day, so um, that was kind of frustrating. But anyways, um, I was at Jack Brown's, and they had... Uh, are you familiar with Ambrosia Salad? It is the, like, southern traditional sal- salad, in air quotes, that's, like, got marshmallows and oh, is covered in mayonnaise. It's more of, like, a casserole, really. Kind of, yeah, yes. Uh-huh. But it's, like, desserty and... Uh-huh. Yeah. There is an ambrosia flavored beer at Jack Brown's right now from it's not Collective Arts Crown. Commonwealth? No. Um Oh no. I had it I had it until just a minute what's ago. What's it called? Like what's the name? It's of the literally name? just called Ambrosia. I'm gonna um but it's like a it's like marshmallow and and pecan and all this like crazy flavored um I was Wicked Weed? No. It says a Southern so. Ambrosia by Wicked Weed or Ambrosia Ale by The Church Brew Works. The Church, no. Low County Ambrosia by River Dog Brewing? Uh-uh. Uh, I want to say it was from Maine. I don't know. Anyways, it's by these two guys that do these, like, ridiculous flavor beers that, I mean, it's just crazy. They did one that was, um, a couple months ago that was, it was called, like, Two Guys from Maine Make a a salsa flavored gosa or something crazy like that and I swear it tasted just like salsa. Interesting. It was ridiculous. But anyways, I didn't I didn't try it because one it was $8 for a tall boy can, which is not unreasonable, but um it was a super like Glenn was telling me it was full of um Crooked Run, white guys from Maine make the best salsa. Crooked Run, that's the one. There it yep. is. Crooked Run. Uh it was a um it had like a lot of like lactose and stuff in it mm. they used, and I was just like not interested in that kind of beer at the okay. time. So I drank a lot of like refreshing lagers and crispy things, and mm. that was that was very good. So I do enjoy a good lager mm-hmm. from time to time mm-hmm. when it's just like you get tired of the heavy IPAs and stouts yeah. and stuff on the palate, and you're just like, I just want a basic, just a beer. Yeah, and that's. A good a beer. Yeah, that's that's what it was. I had a. Um, it was from Bingo. It was called uh, Dry Crispy or something like that. I think I've had that one. It's pretty good. It's a rice lager. It's really good. Mm. Yeah, it was tasty. <laughs> I was speaking. You said rice, so I immediately thought of a conversation I had with Sandra earlier today that has nothing to do with anything. <laughs> but I was I I she said something about rice krispies. And I immediately started going on the Mitch Hedberg thing about <laughs> Snap, Crackle, Mitch, and Pop. In Hollywood, it's not. It's about who you know, and I know Crackle. 
Rest in peace, Mitch Hedberg. Oh, boy. That's really funny. I thought you were going to say uh, you thought of the Rice and Curry song. Oh, that too. Yeah. But I was I was so depressed because Sandra, Sandra and I have very different senses of humor, and she did not think the Mitch Hedberg thing was all that funny. Oh, really? That was very sad. That's a very unfortunate. <laughs> so you uh, just recently had a trip out to the West Coast. Yes, I was on the left coast for uh, 16 days. That's pretty good. Yeah. Um, it was. I was in L.A., specifically in Torrance, which is just south of downtown L.A. Mm. Um, I was only a couple miles from the beach, and that meant it was like 73 degrees every single day, zero humidity, and at night it got down to like 67, and so I <sighs> slept at the window open every night, and it was fabulous. It um, was hell week here. I, it I was really bad. It was it like was literally horrible. Heat index was like into the like 108, 110 every day. Yeah. Every afternoon had like crazy, crazy heavy thunderstorms. It mm-hmm. was it was a mess. I drove. Um, so Vance lives in the valley, which is like on the other side of downtown. You go th- you go like over a over a mountain range and down into the San Fernando Valley. And um, uh, driving from like I I leave to go see him in the afternoon or whatever, and we get out at like 4.30, which put me right into rush hour in, oh, good. in L.A., which is, I have I have a page of notes here <laughs> to talk about uh, in just a moment. But one day we, I left, I got to leave early. We got to leave class early, so I called him like on one of our breaks. I was like, I'm going to get out before noon. Let's go do something, right? So we made this plan to go go on this hiking, hiking up this trail. And so you went hiking in L.A. In L.A. <laughs> <laughs> Tacos are better in L.A. Uh, anyways, we uh, it was this place that's like two hours east or hour and a half-ish east of, of where he lives. So into the mountains, right? Okay. Up by Big Bear, Big Bear Lake. Mm. Uh, another park up that way. Um, so we, I drew, I, when I left the my training place, place I was training in Torrance, it was like, I don't know, 78, middle of the day, perfect weather, beautiful. I drove up to the valley to pick him up. When I got to the valley, it was 92. Holy cow. Because it's just that much hotter up there for whatever reason. Jeez. In the air, you don't get the, like, breeze off the Pacific mm-hmm. where he is. So it's, like, super hot. So we drove, and we drove east from there up into the valley, further into the mountains and into the desert. Mm-hmm. And when we got to the town at the base of the mountain before we went like up the crazy switchbacks into the mountain, it was 115. Good God. Yeah. It was crazy. That's I, that's a huge temperature change. Yeah. It was wild. I mean, luckily, you know, I didn't have to, we didn't get out or anything like that, so I didn't really have to experience it, but it was hot. That's That's really crazy. It was hot. Yeah. I watched, it was fun actually, because the, uh, and this is going to lead into what I was going to talk about, but I had a, I had a rental Camry the whole time we were there. Mm. Uh, 2019 Camry had like almost 40,000 miles on it already, which is a little crazy. That's a lot for a rental car. Yeah. Was so, it a hybrid or? No, no. It was a base model or uh, it was an SE. Sorry. So not Four the, cylinder? Yeah. Not the XSE, which is the six cylinder, mm. but the SE. Um, nice little car, but it has uh, tire pressure monitors. And you can get a gauge, like not a gauge, but you can get a screen on the info center that shows you the pressures. Oh, that's kind of all cool. the tires. So like when I left, uh, it was you know my tire pressures were at like somewhere between thirty six and 
38 mm-hmm. on all four corners. And then by the time I got up to the mountain, they were at like 42 and 44. Just from the temperature change? Yeah. Wow. It was crazy. So, yeah, it was, uh, it was an, it was an interesting, uh, interesting trip. Um, I like the Camry. Yeah. That was shocking. They're not bad. When I got to the when I got to the airport rental car place, I get I get to the counter and I give the guy like my confirmation number or whatever, and he's you know asking me if the, you know everything is right on the reservation and if I want the insurance and all the all the normal stuff, and he he says um, I don't remember exactly how how he he didn't ask me what kind of car I wanted, but he asked me some some sort of like. Do you have any preferences? Or so, I don't remember exactly how we worded it, but I and I looked at him. I said, "Not a Nissan." Yeah, just whatever. I I do not just not a <laughs> Nissan. <laughs> yeah, I literally don't care as long as it's on it. And he was like, "Okay," and he like types for a second, and then he looks at me and he types for a second, <laughs> looks at me and he types for a second. It's like they pulled a lot of Nissans out today. Oh it's like, boy! Oh please, just any uh, anything. <laughs> anything and he and then he was like oh oh uh is it is a toyota okay i was like yeah sure fine and i was expecting a corolla mm-hmm. and i went out and it's a camry i was like oh okay a little more room to stretch out fine whatever mm-hmm. you know it'll be it'll be good it's a fairly large car yeah they're not too they're not small yeah not it's not hard to drive uh backup camera does well and you know you can't really see the you know the hood kind of falls mm-hmm. off but I actually really enjoyed the uh, driving position in that car. It's the way I prefer, where your feet are further out mm. in front of you than Not they up. are. Like than... your the, your butt is closer to the floor than yes. high up. Yeah. Yes, yes. And so, I I just I really, 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 really enjoy that. That mm. or prefer that position more like that. Um, so I, was... I haven't driven a, a newer Camry, but my father in law has an eighteen Avalon, which is. I guess pretty similar. It's the same platform, mm-hmm. um, and it's like it's a very nice car on the interior. At least yeah. from my yeah, you know, I'm used to driving like old stuff. Like my newest car is an '07. Yeah, um, which you just got. Which I just got. I'll talk about later. Um, but like the Avalon to me is like a freaking like Mercedes inside. It's yeah. so nice, and that V6 is fast that is a fast car i don't care what anybody says those v6s they're fast they really are it's crazy yeah yeah yeah. uh oh man it's true true. it's like 306 horsepower or something like that that's so much that's a lot that's a lot of horsepower so much so i um i got to drive a lot in la i put probably four tanks of gas no not four three tanks of gas through the thing yikes which is in a week just over two weeks yeah okay I did a lot of driving it was a lot of fun um so any good roads yeah yeah some uh so Vance and I went uh I picked him up one day and we went to Malibu Creek State Park and did did some hiking and some rock jumping which was a lot of fun uh and then we we were only there for like two hours and then we left and drove um over the mountains and down into Malibu, the town of Malibu, and then went up the PCH. Did you see any of the uh, the remnants of the fire damage out there? Mm-mm. No, I didn't. know. I mean, it's maybe, probably not as bad now, but it was it was pretty devastating in that area for a while. Maybe a little bit, like, but not like entire hillsides burned. Right. You know what I mean? But uh, yeah, so the the road 
out over to Malibu was like nice and twisty and on the side of a mountain and beautiful. But there are just so many people. Okay. All the time. Mm-hmm. And people in LA are terrible drivers. Okay. Terrible. Right. I guess most of what they're used to is just sitting in gridlock traffic all the time. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. But that was really fun. So we drove up PCH to Neptune's Nest. Net. Or net. Excuse me. Neptune's Net. And uh, the pilgrimage. Got some fried food and took some pictures. And it was uh, it was a lot of fun. That's that was, cool. That was a good day. So. Uh, and I'm sure for I'm sure everyone listening to this knows what it is. But even if you can't immediately think of it, but Neptune's Net is the restaurant from the first Fast and the Furious movie. Immediately after the Supra versus Ferrari race. Mm-hmm. Where they they go to Neptune's Net and get shrimp and talk about how they need to go to race wars. Yeah, yeah, that's that's Neptune's Net. That that was Neptune's Net, and we tried we tried as hard as we could to like recreate the scene, but uh, surprise surprise, there was a million people there because uh-huh. it was a Saturday afternoon. Oh boy! Uh, so it was busy, but anyways. Uh, so I, I have a couple of a couple of notes <laughs> about um, about driving in LA, right? Okay. So here's my thing. I drive a lot. That's what I. It's like what I do for work, right? Mm-hmm. I drive through DC, around DC. Uh, been up to Philly. I've been up to New York. I mean, just I, I drive a lot. I sit in a lot of traffic all the time, so I feel a little bit qualified to talk about this. Fair. That's fair. <laughs> um, I Vance and I have this have this friendly argument where. The LA traffic versus DC traffic, right? It's pretty back and forth on most statistics. So a couple of years ago, some poll came out or whatever that said, like, like, our argument finally confirmed DC traffic worse than the country, right? Okay. And I was rah rah. Our traffic is worse. Like, oh yeah, you always want to have the worst traffic. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's a funny thing to argue for, but I, I always wanted to have the worst traffic, so. Here's the thing. Oh boy. Okay. People, people in LA are terrible drivers. Like I said, terrible. No turn signals, basically anywhere. Mm. No like, like awareness of what's going on around. Terrible, right? But they are good at one thing, and that one thing is sitting in bumper to bumper traffic. Okay. Because how, how do you be good at that? I know. <laughs> because everybody is used to it. Okay. Because there's 40 million people there or whatever. Mm. And no matter where you go, there's going to be traffic. I never witnessed this. Fans told me this. Um, they do this thing out there. And I don't know if there's a name for it or even really why they do it or why it happens. But he, he has told me that they you can just be driving down the highway and the police will come on and just like shut down the highway and you can't go anywhere. And then they'll just sit there for like 10 minutes and then leave and you can continue. Cool. So like a co- state troopers will just like pull onto the highway and then just like weave back and forth till everybody slows down and then just come to a complete stop. Okay. And, and, then, and then just leave. Yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> okay. So, like, the closest we get to that is, like, some sort of, 
you know, presidential motorcade, which doesn't happen that often, Mm-mm. really. Yeah, um, or like a congressman or something. Right, right. So, the difference between the two, between D.C. and L.A., or, or I'm going to use the words D.C. and Virginia interchangeably here. What I really mean is Northern Virginia. Yeah. The, like, Fre- Sta- Fredericksburg, Stafford, Fredericksburg area north to D.C. Yeah. Once you get into, um, like, Maryland, Baltimore, Philly area, you can be in really bad traffic, but the people are even better drivers. I don't, like, I don't know. They're just better. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's, hard to, it's hard to really quantify. But it's hard to really say which traffic is worse because there's differences. And the di- one of the biggest differences, I think, like I was saying, is that people in Los Angeles are just used to seeing a bumper and a bumper traffic all the time. Whereas up in D.C., it feels like at any given moment, 10% of the people around you have just never been in traffic before, ever. Yeah. And don't understand why it's happening and are angry and trying to... I wonder Get if it's a tourism it. thing because of so many people coming from all over to go to DC. I think it, it is because it's like all the museums and monuments and stuff. It's that, and I think it's it's ninety five is such a thoroughfare to get from the north to any vacation place. Mm. You know, south of DC. You know yeah. what I mean? Whether it's Virginia Beach or Myrtle Beach or Florida or God help you if you tried to take ninety five down to the Outer Banks area on I mean, the weekend. Yeah, yeah, it's just terrible. So, um, it's I don't know. It's it's a weird. It's a really weird thing. But so in Virginia, in DC, traffic when you sit in really bad traffic, it's like you can you can either be stopped and then just go again for no reason. Mm. Or there's like this, like, everybody go 20 miles an hour and then stop. And everybody go 20 miles an hour and then stop. And everybody go 20 miles an hour and stop, right? And it's super frustrating. Yeah. And it makes me want to stab my eyes Because it's really out. random. And it's super random and it's like people trying to cut you off and you can't really do the, like, leave a couple cars lengths ahead of you and then, like, everybody, you know. In L.A., everybody moves almost all the time. I never really got to a point where it was like, we're just going to stop and sit still. Or like just going like 10 miles an hour. Everybody goes like 10 miles an hour and you can just like coast. Huh. And it's great. That's not bad. It's great. You might do that for an hour. Right. You know, but it's, and it's like unpredictable for that, you know, but you're, but rarely did I ever actually come to a complete stop. I think I like that better. Me too. Yeah. So, Does radar-guided cruise control work at 10 miles an hour? No. Uh, it doesn't work until 30 miles an hour. Uh, that's a problem. Right. So the Camry that I had had radar-guided cruise control, which I don't know if you've ever driven anything with that. I drove my mom's CX-9 that mm-hmm. has it, and it was pretty cool, but I haven't like had any real time with it. So I don't know how it works in that car, but in the Camry, the way it worked is you, just like normal cruise control, you would get to get to your desired speed... And press a button, right? And it would activate cruise control. Yep. At that speed. So you'd never go faster than whatever that speed was, no matter what, right? It also, there are three, there's like a, there's a button that cycles through three distances, which you can be away from the car in front of you. Right. So it will recognize a car out. So I don't, I don't know what the distances are, just one, two, and three, right? I almost always 
branded on the closest one because mm-hmm. even that felt like it, I was a mile away from somebody. Right. And then if they get out of the way, you speed up to your speed or, you know, somebody cuts in front of you, it, I mean, it, it'll hit the brakes. Mm-hmm. It'll hit them pretty hard. Most modern cars, I think, will come to a complete stop if you need them Yeah, to. yeah. So the neat thing is it is smart enough to know that if somebody gets in front of you but they're going faster than you, it, will, it won't do anything. Oh, that's cool. Yeah, so if even if they're like right, pretty close to you, I mean, people came pretty close, but they're accelerating away from me. Mm-hmm. It it just keeps going right at its. Oh, that's nice. At its own little pace, which that is, could get really frustrating if it's constantly slamming on brakes. Yeah, yeah. So that was nice. Um, so you could you could do something like you could set it for seventy nine miles an hour, right, and then just go with whatever fifty mile an hour traffic you were going, and then mm. it would just you'd go to the up to the next car and then slow down, and then up to the next car and slow down. The problem is, and this is another thing that people in LA are really bad at. Like I said, spatial awareness. They're so used to sitting in traffic that they just get in the lane that they're in, and then just stay there, mm. no matter what. They so don't. even if there's no traffic. There's no moving out of the way. I mean, I was getting up behind people and like flashing lights and like, like far left lane, you're doing 50 miles an hour and, tra- and traffic wants to do 80. Keep in mind, we're from kind of the south-ish in Virginia. So if you're behind, like getting behind someone and flashing your lights for a lot of people around here, most people don't do that because that's really rude and people don't like to be rude. So like... But that's for a state Vir- law. I know, I know. But for like a Virginian to be able to get so frustrated mm-hmm. to get up behind someone and flashlights to get out of the way, that's kind of a kind of a big deal, sort yeah. of. Yeah. Um, so, also, I don't. I'm not a particularly for for the commuting hours. I'm not a particularly aggressive driver. Right. Right. I, there's no point. You know, get get there when you get there. We're gonna we're gonna be stuck in this crap for forever. There's no sense in me saving a minute. Yeah, you know what I mean. Uh, but in LA, you can just do whatever you want. I I, like I weaving through traffic. Yeah, and stuff? just nobody cares. Nobody cares. I didn't see a single cop the entire time. Really? Mm-mm. Mm-mm. Mm. I I take that back. I didn't see anybody on patrol like on the highway. I didn't see any. Um, Speed traps? Speed traps. Nothing like that. I did see, like, emergency response to an accident, please, but I didn't see any anything else. Hmm. I, I, I was... I guess there's more important things to deal with in L.A. I guess so. But I was not driving slowly most of the time <laughs> that I was there. Allegedly. Allegedly. <laughs> um, it was It was ridiculous. And then I got back here, and it just like the same thing, just putting along. We just put along at seventy-two miles an hour, and yeah, you know, cruise up to seventy-two miles an hour. Yeah. <laughs> um, so Vance Vance said uh, his 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 quote was um, he says I was I was like trying to get over or whatever like get into a lane, and that's the other thing. Like if you need to get into a lane, you got your blinker on. People, there's no nobody will let you in. There's none of that. There's none of like that being courteous and like moving out of the way when somebody needs to yield. Nope. None what of that. The hell. So Vince, Vince looked at me and goes, you're not out here to make friends. Just get in there. Okay. Okay. And just like, you just make room. Good luck, everybody and else. People, so he told me, he told me that if, when, there, when, when there's no traffic, if you're just cruising, right, you can get up next to somebody, match their speed, and then just start to slow down. And they're such sheep that they will just slow down too. 
and you can just slow all the way down and just like the person will just stay right next to you with like nothing else in front of you. He's I feel a, like that could be useful if you start slowing down and immediately <laughs> mash the gas and get in front of them. That would work. Yeah, I mean, apparently it just happens all the time. All the time. It's crazy. And it's like, it, it, I just, it was so different. It was just so different. And the highways are huge. I mean, they're yeah. enormous. Like six lanes wide yeah. and whatnot. Yeah. And you just, I don't know, just felt invincible out there. It was, it was really weird. Huh. It was really weird. Um, you're like the one person that's paying attention while you're yeah, driving. Yeah. yeah. That's what it felt like. It felt like that. We, we were cruising somewhere and like, I just, I kept, every time I was in the car, just there was somebody doing something stupid or whatever. And Vance looks at me and goes, I know, it's such a burden knowing how to drive out here. <laughs> it's like people are just unaware that they're being terrible. Yeah. It was absolutely bizarre. Wow. Absolutely bizarre. So who has the worst traffic? I don't, it's a hard thing to call. It really know. is. If if it's at, if as a rule it's mostly just crawling at sub twenty five miles an hour versus stop go stop go stop go stop go I'll take crawling over stop go all day long. Yeah, especially yeah. in a manual transmission car. The crazy part is, you can go out at any time of night, and there's ten thousand people on the road. Jesus, it's craziness. I was out at like one a.m. Like I went to I went to In and Out at like. 1.30 in the morning or something crazy like that to get a because I wanted a hamburger right and there was As just a ma- there was just like a million people out there it was like it was like noonday traffic in Richmond that's insane it was ridiculous I could not believe it like I just don't understand how that appeals to people like, I why would you want to live in that I don't get it I mean the, the weather's perfect but that's about it yeah and weed's legal I guess so no, it is. No, okay, okay. I guess that is an attraction to some people is what I meant by that. So it, it was just, that was, it was wild. That's crazy. It was wild. Those are some observations I hadn't really heard before. Yeah, so that's, yeah. that's fun. Oh, the, uh, so, um. Is he still driving that, per, uh, not purple, orange Veloster? Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's the yeah. Veloster. Um, the other thing is motorcycles. It's lane splitting. Lane splitting, right? Uh, freaky if you're, if you're not prepared for it. Right. Um, what I would do for the most part is, um, I would get in the, I would cruise in the left lane in the heavy traffic and 95% of the motorcycle lane splitters are coming up between the left lane and the carpool lane, Okay. which is only divided by basically a set of double of two, two double yellow sets. So it's like four lines. So it's four lines, but they're like spaced between. So it's like double yellow pretty big space double yellow and so and then the carpool lane which is kind of extra wide and the people in the carpool lane would stay all the way to the left so the motorcycles have lots of of room room. that's pretty cool but still it's freaky to be cruising along at 10 miles an hour and here comes a motorcycle at 60 just like i think are they supposed to be going that fast i I thought thought it was legal if you were doing like you know 20 mile an hour speed differential I, i don't know but Ugh. it can be freaky. Yeah. But but you know I tried to get out of their way and mm-hmm. uh, you know stay stay safe and stuff like that. But it's just wild. That that and that's that's another thing is the carpool lanes like everywhere. Mm-hmm. You have more than two people in the car, you can just get in the carpool lane and cruise. Huh? Is it usually much lighter traffic than the rest? A little bit, yeah, hmm. yeah. Um, for a, for a time, wasn't it like if you had a hybrid vehicle or an electric vehicle, you could you could get in a carpool lane with only one person in the car? Yeah, yeah. So it still is. Mm-hmm. Um, they have these. They have these little. They're terrible, but they're like these. They're different colors. Um, 
but there are little stickers that say like access okay or something like that and it's like a little circle and like a little strip that says access and you put them on your bumper oh god yeah and it's like one has to be rear facing on the bumper and one has to be like side facing behind the wheel on the bumper it, they look so terrible Ooh. but electric I think it's I think it's all electric vehicles so they, it's not hybrids anymore not it's hybrids just, anymore okay. just electric vehicles that makes sense. Um, I don't know if you can do like a um, like a volt, like yeah, yeah, like yeah. a plug-in hybrid. Yeah, um, I feel like but, the volt can because like that was the main draw of that car when it came out. At least yeah. was that it was electric, but and could go in the carpool lane, but you could still have the range extension with the gas motor if you needed to. Yeah, I think that they can. I'm not a hundred percent sure, but I think they can. Uh, but every Tesla mm. like has those stickers on it and it's you just like it, it just, they look so terrible yeah. they look so bad mm. but yeah people just get in that carpool lane and cruise with a single person in there so I mean that's cool yeah whatever man yeah so you got you got a new car I did after talking about it for god knows how long since we started the podcast I guess uh, finally sold the Matrix to a guy who will appreciate it for what it is, which is nice. Um, he's already talking about putting like intake and suspension and stuff on it. I'm like, go for it, dude. Whatever. Neat. Um, I have we so I had never sold a car that I hadn't paid off before, so it was kind of. And still is. It hasn't. We haven't finished the process yet. It's it's kind of a pain in the ass. Mm-hmm. So we went to my bank, and he basically wrote two checks: one for to the bank for the amount that I owed them, and the balance of what I sold it for to me personally. Mm-hmm. So the bank, and this was on a Saturday, so the bank didn't show in my account that the loan was paid off until like Thursday. Yikes! Which was. Real frustrating, which probably means that I got a higher interest rate on my loan for my current car that yeah. I just got than I probably should have. But, you know, whatever. I needed another car. That's really dumb. Um, and it takes so long for the DMV to process. It takes like a week and a half for DMV to process the lien mm-hmm. from the bank. Uh, so we can't even sign the title over until that's done. Uh-huh. So we're going to basically have to go into the DMV either one morning this week or next weekend to do all the paperwork. Well, at least you sold it to somebody friendly. Yes. That no, is... Vinny, Vinny is awesome. Yeah. Um, he's a, I, I've, I met him once a long time ago, but I know his brother and his dad relatively well-ish. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was really cool because like, the, the, he came to my house and we and test drove it and stuff. Um, and he really liked it because he wants literally want, like what that car is perfect for. He wants a car that he can haul his, him, his girlfriend, and his kid in mm-hmm. while still being kind of fun mm-hmm. while also being able to haul stuff, right. like lumber in if he needs to. And I was mm-hmm. like, dude, I got pictures to show you. from I've, I've hauled so much crap in that car mm-hmm. and the whole hard shell casing on the back of all the seats makes that really nice. Um so it's like perfect for what he wanted. He, he's very happy with it. I actually saw him the other day driving it, and I'm I was like, dude, it's still on my insurance. Please don't drive it around until we get this done. Uh, 
But, um, yeah, uh, so I sold that and immediately, like, so I sold the car Saturday morning and immediately went and started looking and test driving Forerunners. Mm-hmm. Uh, I went through, I mean, I can go through the whole story, but, like, that afternoon, me and my dad drove out all the way out to Harrisonburg, which is about a two-hour drive from Richmond, uh, to test drive an 03 V8 that had only had, like, 120,000 miles on it. So I was like, sweet, low miles, especially for that age. So we went all the way out there, and the the, the dealership that had it, uh, there they had two locations. One was in Harrisonburg, one was, like, 20 minutes away between Harrisonburg and the mountains. Gotcha. So I called them that morning and confirmed that it was still available and confirmed which location it was at and confirmed that they were open till five. Mm-hmm. So we drove all the way out there and we get to the location they told me it was at. There's nobody there. Buildings locked. Lights are off. And the forerunner is nowhere to be seen. So we drive 20 minutes to, to the other location and kind of walk in and like, so we're the guys that called from Richmond this morning about the forerunner? And they're like, they're closed? I'm like, yeah. I'm like, oh yeah, they changed their hours like last week. <laughs> oh, cool. Good. Good. Like, let me call Ray. He's probably around back and he'll pull it out for you. <laughs> It's like, okay. There's always some guy named Ray who's around back. Yeah, yeah. So we drove over there, and Ray had pulled it around, and I test drove it from that the, the first location to the second location. So we uh-huh. went, like, to the first one, to the second one, back to the first one, and then back to the second one again. So it was kind of a huge pain in the butt. Yeah. And there was a bunch of construction in the middle of Harrisonburg, so you had to go kind of around it all. It was, yeah. it was sucked. But so we got to this, uh, we got to the car and looked at it and it was, it only had 120,000 miles on it, but it looked like it had like 450,000 miles on it. This thing was haggard. Really? And uh, it had real bad vibration over 65. And mm. I, one thing I will give it, this is the only one I'm going into detail about, by the way, I'm not going to go about all of the other ones, but this was the only V8 that I had that I test drove out of all of them that did not have a cracked exhaust manifold. Every okay. other V8 that I messed with mm-hmm. had a cracked exhaust manifold. Is and that a common problem? Very common problem. Very expensive problem to fix. Because the reason it's expensive, so it's basically a, a just a log style manifold. Very right. simple design. But the catalytic converter is it's one piece with the manifold. So a new one from Toyota is like $700 for okay. one side. Doug Thorley makes a set of aftermarket headers that you chop off the stock ones at the cat and weld these to the factory cat, which is really cool. But they're like 850 bucks for the set and they're out of the ones for the VVT motors, which was half the ones I were looking at had VVT yeah, yeah. in them. Where does it crack? I'm not exactly sure. I think it's around the welds. Um, I don't know the cylinder. The backmost cylinder okay. where it welds to the, the log manifold. Mm-hmm. I think that's where it cracks. Interesting. Yeah. But that one didn't have it, but it was in such bad shape I, I declined sure. to get it. Um, but I, I, over the next several days, early this week, I, I drove several other ones. And then I found one that had higher miles on it. It's an 07. The one, the one I ended up getting. Mm-hmm. It's an 07 V6 two-wheel drive. So mm-hmm. no off-roading ambitions for me, but that's fine. Um, it's, it's not... I, I was afraid that the V6 would be, like, way slower than the V8. But it's really not, especially with a two-wheel drive, because it's so much lighter. Mm-hmm. 
Um, plus, I'll get better fuel economy and and all that. And it's the the amount of space in the engine bay is so much better than the V8 because mm-hmm. I think the V8's a ninety degree, and the V6 I think is a sixty degree. So it's much narrower, and mm-hmm. you can get all around the motor. It's really nice. That's that's handy. Um, but. Yeah, it's an 07 V6 two-wheel drive. It's an SR5, so it doesn't have all the fancy bells and whistles that you'd get on a Sport or a Limited. Um, but it does have leather seats, power leather seats, but they're not heated. Which, huh. all the other ones I messed with, I, my understanding was if you got a Limited, that's how you got leather seats, and they all had... So if you had leather, it had heated seats. But mm. this does not. I don't know if that changed in later years or not, but... Um, yeah, hundred and eighty thousand miles, which is kind of a lot, but it's it's the cleanest frame of any of the ones that I looked at. the The frame has like zero rust on it at all, even on the welds. Like it's really, really clean. Um, it came from Texas and North Carolina before it came to Virginia, so it's never seen a rust belt state other than I guess Virginia technically. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it seems to be in really nice shape. That's good. Um, right now, so I've already fixed a couple little things on it. The the lights behind like the AC controls were out, so I, I replaced those. And uh, there's a weird sound that I couldn't figure out what it was. Every time I would turn, it sounded like there was something in the dash sliding back and forth. Mm-hmm. And there's two pennies like stuck in a really hard to access <laughs> place that are sliding back and forth oh, every no. time I take a turn. So we got to get those out of there. Oh no, um, that's funny. Yeah. It had, apparently these have the same problem that a lot of Sequoias have, where the the button on the lift gate to open it from the outside, like, turns into the consistency of chewed Mm bubblegum, and it's really gross, Mm -hmm. and uh, it basically, it feels like butyl tape, like, by the time it melts, Um, but there's, like, a kit on Amazon that you can get that replaces that little pad, if you can scrape all the old rubber off, yeah. for like $11, and it includes all the tools with it and everything. Nice. It was sweet. So I did that yesterday, and I added a, uh, a transmission cooler, so that I can tow and not blow up the transmission. Yeah. So, I'm excited about that. So yeah. it's, I, I've never owned a truck, like a body-on-frame vehicle before, mm-hmm. and it's the first vehicle I've ever paid money for with an automatic transmission. Uh uh-huh. It's actually really nice. <laughs> like, Got him! It, it has enough torque to like pull itself around just fine. Like yeah. it's not slow. Yeah. Um, I can go over all of the crazy bumps downtown and not care. Yeah. Uh, it's I get it. Like I get the appeal <laughs> of trucks. I totally get it. Hundred percent. Yep. It's pretty awesome. Yep. They're pretty uh, great. Yeah. Oh, and I put a scan gauge in it, which I've I've. I guess I could have put one in the Matrix, but I don't. There's not really a reason to. But now mm. I've got it, so I can see my water temperature, transmission temperature, and like miles per gallon statistics. And that's kind of depressing, but yeah. If I if I'm really really good and I'm on the highway, it'll do 22, which isn't bad for a truck. Yeah. Um, but like around town, I get like 17, 18. Yeah. But it takes regular gas yeah. instead of premium so the actual fuel cost isn't going to be that much more than the matrix i yeah, don't think that's awesome so I don't know, i'm really excited that's good yeah it's good i'm excited for you it's gonna be hopefully it'll be a good vehicle for you yeah 
Um, I, next up is a, well, I say next up. I have a bunch of like random crap coming from Amazon this week. Uh-huh. Uh, like I ordered. This is gonna sound super super dumb, and I'm ready for the hate. But I ordered two cans of Plasti Dip, and I ordered a six k a six can case of Duplicolor bronze wheel enamel, which I've used in past projects. So. The wheels and all the badges are going to get the bronze. It's like a dark bronze wheel, like a like a Subaru STI on bronze wheels. Mm-hmm. That bronze, yeah, uh, maybe a little bit darker than that. And then all of the chrome. It has a chrome grill and like chrome trim on the tailgate and chrome door handles. All that's getting plastic dipped black because I hate chrome. Mm. Um, so hopefully it'll make it look a little bit nicer. Yeah. Um, it's an interesting color. Yeah, it's truck. it's called Shadow Mica. It's like a really, really dark gray. Like yeah. really dark gray. But it's kinda of pearly and Yeah, it's got a little bit of flake in it. Yeah. It's it's pretty nice. Um the mirrors are not the same color are, are not body color, which is weird. Oh really? Are they kind of Yeah, they're just black plastic, mm-hmm. which bugs me a little bit, but it, it is what it is. I don't yeah. really care that much. It's a tow vehicle. Yeah. And, and that rear window rolls down and yeah, it's it does. so good party piece yes I love it I've, I drove around all day with the rear window rolled down yep um, and, is oh, it I, like amazing with all the windows down and the rear window down um, actually if you're going under like 25 miles an hour with the rear window down it just pulls all the exhaust straight into the car oh, so you no. can't you can't really breathe <laughs> um, oh no yeah so that's not great but if you're like doing faster than like 25, you're fine. That's good. Yeah. I've, I've already looked at how much exhaust systems cost mm-hmm. and uh, Gibson makes a side exit stainless exhaust like a cat back for like less than 500 bucks. Uh, oh, okay. Won't happen anytime soon, but it's, you know, if I ever have extra money laying around someday, that would, I'd like for that to happen. Um, one interesting thing, not necessarily about the vehicle itself, but more forerunners in general, uh, their forum mm-hmm. is still mega active. Really? Like the forerunner, the toyota-forerunner.org or whatever, there's a ton of people on there all the time still. Hmm. It's really, really cool. That's neat. Um, like the, I was reading through a thread the other day that was like 85 pages long, like just simple projects to do on the weekend. Yeah. And it, it was great. Like so many posts from like recent, it was great. Um, like every other forum that I've been on is basically dead now, but it's nice to see one that's still super active. That's cool though. That's yeah. Cool. So. so what kind of, uh, what kind of towing capacity does it have? This one will tow 5,000 pounds. Okay. Um, it, I, I think the frame can tow more because the V8's on the same frame. Um, the thing that makes the V8 tow better is they is the the hitch is obviously the torque from the engine, but also the hitch design. Yeah. Um, the V8 hitch bolts in like uses four or six bolts to bolt directly to the frame. Yeah. Whereas the V6 tow hitch is like four bolts on the bumper bar. The like factory. Yeah, the factory hitches. Yeah. Uh, this one has an aftermarket hitch on it that attaches to where the V8 hitch attaches to. So that's nice. Is it like a, it's not just like a a V8 part 
put on the V6. It's, it's I think like if a, they still have the same threaded holes in the chassis. Right, right. So. But it's not like the actual V8 part from from Toyota. Oh, no, no. It's a yeah. U-Haul brand yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, okay. hitch. I need to test the electrics on it. I don't know if the, how if that wiring is good. Yeah. Uh, also, the, the V8s that can tow 7,000 pounds, they all come from the factory with a big old transmission cooler up yeah. there. So that's another one. The transmission in this is the same between the V8 and the V6. So mm-hmm. with the cooler on it now, the only difference really is I have slightly smaller brakes and the lack of torque, which yeah. isn't that big. Yeah. Like the power difference, I want to say it's like 30 or 40 horsepower and maybe like 50 foot pounds of torque, something like that in that okay. range. Yeah, yeah. So once the brakes go... I'm going to upgrade them to probably 5th gen 4Runner brakes, which I don't think are that much more expensive than just replacing what's already there. Right. And they all bolt on. So I'll do... So like different calipers and stuff? It's... it's Yeah, the calipers bolt up and you use the slight, the larger like V8 ro- or the limited and sport rotors mm-hmm. with the 5th gen caliper. And it's the same design, just a, it's a four-piston caliper, but each piston is like three millimeters larger. Oh, okay. So you just get a little bit better braking. Gotcha. You have to... Do you have to change a master cylinder for that? <laughs> no, but we can talk about four hundred master cylinders because it was almost enough to scare me away from buying one. Period. Yeah. Because if the master cylinder goes bad, the master cylinder, the ABS pump, and the ABS uh, accumulator are all one piece. You can along, te- along with the booster, right? And the booster, yeah. So yeah. all of it, the entire braking hydraulic system, ABS booster, everything is one piece. And mm. if it breaks, it's like a twenty five hundred dollar part, and okay. that's a lot of money. <laughs> yes, absolutely, and that's horrible. Yeah. But like, it seems like, and I, I mean, forgive my ignorance here, but it seems like with so many things integrated. It would be a big enough part that you could replace pieces of it. You know what I mean? You can. You can replace uh, like the pump and the accumulator and stuff by itself. Apparently, it's really hard to diagnose which piece is actually bad. Huh. Um, and each piece by itself is over $500. So huh. it's... Okay. It's, you, like you can, but it's sure. kind of a gamble. Sure, sure. It just... That's that's frustrating. Yeah, it's, it's a really dumb dumb design and they still use it now on a lot of stuff Mm -hmm. and they start i think they started using it in like 99 or 2000 on the third gens it's they call it like the hydro boost system Mm -hmm. like it when it's working it works really well and they don't always break but now they're getting you know over time and mileage sure it will break eventually yeah that's Um, an interesting and it's a huge huge dollar item when it goes that's an interesting um thought that a component breaking can total a vehicle. Yeah. Mm-hmm. A single component. Yeah. Just like just the part. I think you can get like subsets so you can get like the master cylinder without the accumulator and stuff on mm-hmm. it for a little bit cheaper, but that alone is still over a thousand dollars. Right. But to get the whole thing is is over two thousand dollars. That's crazy. And it's that's one of the reasons I was looking at Xteros at first was because it still just uses a regular vacuum booster and a plain old master cylinder that costs 30 bucks from O'Reilly's. Right. But apparently everything else in that truck is a giant piece of crap. So, <laughs> yeah. I don't know. Hopefully, I'm, hopefully it doesn't go bad. 
because uh, that's pretty much the only thing I'm worried about on that truck. Everything else should be pretty good. Yeah, but probably. I'm going to attempt a transmission fluid change at some point, which apparently is way harder than it needs to be because there's, like, there's no dipstick on the transmission, so you don't yeah. know how much fluid is in it. So there's like a whole rigmarole you have to go through to do that. There's no like... It's a it's a sealed for life transmission. Right. So you can change the fluid. You just have to go through a whole lot of crap to do it. Huh. Okay. It's I, I had a, a, a technician friend of mine send me all the the pro- procedure on how to do it. Mm-hmm. It's, it's not terrible. It's just needlessly complicated. Sure. That's, that's crazy, man. Yeah. Uh, you can't like um, what are they called? Use one of the like crazy flush machine things. They recommend not to. Okay. Um, I mean, if you not not like a a flush machine where it's like f- pressurizing fluid to to flush through it. They say don't do that. The ones that they use at the at the dealership, um, they like splice into one of the cooler lines and yeah. you turn the truck on and use the internal pump of the transmission yeah. to increase fluid in one bladder while decreasing fluid in another bladder so that, you're not pressurizing anything that's that's the kind of systems that i've seen before like so, uh, b bp or b i think bg bg that's yeah. who it is bg they had those machines at wyotech and we got to use them mm-hmm. so yeah you just splice in and it replaces the fluid like one for one which yeah. is in there so presumably Assuming I have all of the fluid in there. Yeah. yeah. Assuming you have all the fluid, you get all of the fluid back. Right. So. I, I'd be curious to see how much a dealership would charge to do that. I yeah. bet it's a lot. Um, I mean, maybe. Because you still got to pay for 14 quarts of world standard yeah. fluid, which yeah. is like. Expensive. A lot. But like, it can't take more than 20 minutes. Yeah. I suppose. I don't know. I can call in and ask. Worst they can do is say no. Or worse, right. I can do is say no. Yeah, yeah. Um, I don't know because there's there's ways to do it. Like on the forums, there's like you know you, it's a similar kind of thing. You splice in one of the cooler lines, and you basically have the feed from the transmission going into a jug, and then you have the from where that line attaches, just to have a funnel hanging there, and f- like pump out three quarts, put three quarts in, pump out three quarts, put three quarts in, and just do mm-hmm. that over and over and over again until it starts coming out clean. Right. Um, which I'm okay with doing that. That doesn't seem too hard. Uh, I'm just not 100% sure on the fluid level. Because then you have to... There's basically the pan in the transmission. There's a drain plug right in the middle of it. But it does. it's not just a hole in the bottom of the pan. There's like a cylinder that comes up from it. So it only drains if the fluid is over a certain level. Huh. That's the level you have to get it up to, to okay. for it to be full. Right. So you add transmission fluid. Like if you, if you take that plug out, first you have to get the, the transmission up to a certain temperature. Then you take that plug out, and if it leaks, then you know you're at the right level. But if it doesn't leak, you have to put it back, add fluid to another spot, and then do it all over again. So it's kind of a pain, but yeah. that's how you have to do hmm. it. I don't know why they couldn't just put a dipstick on there like everybody else. Because it would have cost them money. <sighs> I guess. I guess. <laughs> I mean, it sucks, but... I mean, just, automatics are weird. It's true. This one, it doesn't have, like, a, a more modern car, how you can put it into, like, manual mode, where you, like, slip it over and you can go up and down. Although you can take it out of drive. Drive is, like, fifth, 
And then you can go to okay. four. You can go to each individual gear, four, three, two, and one, which yeah. is kind of cool. So if I need to pass somebody, I just bump the stick over down to fourth and go and watch my MPGs go down to two. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> but I've, I've been really happy with it so far. I've only had it for like five days, four days. Yeah. But I, I really like it. I've got LEDs coming for the interior lights. Uh, just random crap that will make me like it more. Cool. So, but yeah, was, I finally got my tow vehicle. I'll be taking the Corolla up to Dominion with it on September first. No, thirteenth. It's either the thirteenth and fourteenth or fourteenth and fifteenth, whatever that weekend is. That's the two day HPD. Oh no, the fourth is a Wednesday. Uh, yeah, 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 something like that. Uh, so I'll be ta- I'll, that'll be the first towing trial. I'm gonna just rent a U-Haul trailer and or a. Uh, Dolly, I'm just use a dolly. Um, I don't think because there's so little tongue weight on a dolly, I don't think I'm gonna need like any airbags or anything like that. Um, you should be fine. Yeah, so that should be good. Yeah, and if the Corolla breaks, I'll bring it home and fix it. Grab the MR2 and take that up there and just yeah. keep going. Yeah. <laughs> just swap the brake pads and wheels over real quick. That's funny. Because yeah. they're the same. Yeah. So. But yeah, I'm very happy with it so far. One yeah. of the headlights has a ton of water in it, which is great. Not like sloshing around, but very yeah. foggy yeah. inside. You just um, drill a little hole in there and you're good to go. Right? I could. I don't care. <laughs> uh, I plan on replacing I mean, it's it's got a valid inspection until next July. So oh, okay. I might just leave it for 11 months and yeah. see how bad it gets. <laughs> Um, you can get a there's this there are like sets of aftermarket ones online you can get for like 150 bucks for a mm-hmm. pair and they've got like black bezels in, instead of the chrome which I think will look better mm-hmm. not like any weird halo HID bull crap right. just stock ish headlights with nicer bezels but yeah good yeah I'm glad very, you're enjoying I'm happy it. with it it's very it's awesome. very different driving something that big after being in nothing bigger than a matrix for so long sure it's very comfy. Like, I can't get over how comfortable it is. Yeah. Like, it's just, everything is squishy, and I just, you can hit anything, and it doesn't matter. <laughs> does Sandra like it? Uh, I think, I think she does, because she's, she's expressed to me a lot how much she misses her CRV. Mm-hmm. Um, she had a first-gen CRV for a while that was pretty clapped out. It was not in good shape. Yeah. Um, like, the, something about it broke, I'm not exactly clear on what but they had to convert it to two-wheel drive instead of all-wheel mm. drive um and it was it was not good it's unfortunate but she misses driving a truck-ish vehicle right so she's driven it she thinks it's fine it's whatever <laughs> but oh one of the cool features on it uh in the back top corners inside in on like the a b c d pillars uh-huh like where the hatch closes in those top corners on the inside there are two convex mirrors mm-hmm. so it's like an indiana jones situation where you're sitting in the driver's seat you look in the rearview mirror into those mirrors uh-huh. and you can see it it they look basically through the rear window crossways down to the rear bumper yeah so you can kind of sort of see what's right up against your bumper but depth perception is not good so it's like they're designed for hooking up a trailer or just backing up like parallel parking like a backup camera seeing how close you can get to something but i have to park up against a fence at work and like 
I cannot tell how close or far away anything is using those mirrors. Uh-huh. But right. they exist, and that's... They're great. there. Yeah. They're a thing. I'd rather have a backup camera. Fair enough. <laughs> we can make that happen. Dude, an Apple CarPlay head unit's only like 250 bucks on Crutchfield. Yeah. It's not that bad. Yeah. Then you just gotta rip apart the interior to run wires from a backup camera. Yeah. It is a thing that I have thought about. <laughs> <laughs> just not right now. Yeah. But yeah, that's my new vehicle. 2007 Forerunner. Cool. Yeah. I can't wait to get my custom plates. I'm not going to say what they're going to be here. Because uh, okay. I don't want anybody to take them. Okay. <laughs> like, once, once I get time to go to the DMV, I'll, sw- I'll swap out yeah. for custom plates. First sticker to go on the car was a Triple Crossing sticker. Nice. Followed by a Final Gravity Brewing sticker. Nice. And a, yeah. VI, a VIR sticker. You put the VIR sticker yeah, on? Yeah, I did. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Cool. Like, even if the car hasn't been there yet, I have. So that's all that matters. Yeah. Yeah. Do they make Dominion stickers? Yeah. Yeah. That's going to get one. Yeah, cool. That's awesome. So, for our next episode, I'm hoping... Yeah. We've been talking... We we talked about doing this from before we recorded episode one. Uh, We're going to try next weekend, hopefully, to record an episode where Corey Pierce and I watch the first Fast and the Furious movie and do a whole episode talking about that uh in detail and we may or may not do the sequels we'll see how this goes um if if it's something people seem to like or if uh if it's something we enjoyed doing then yeah we'll think about it because there's i mean there's a lot of movie podcasts out there that have already talked about it and stuff like that yeah but i feel like from the car guy perspective is a little bit like from the enthusiast perspective it's a little bit different um i know the Rewatchables did the first one and the fifth one pretty well, but they're they know nothing about cars, so they're doing it from purely a film perspective. Yeah. So, I don't know. Maybe we have a little bit something different to offer. I don't know. Hopefully. Yeah. Hopefully. So that what that's what's hopefully coming up next. Maybe if it works out. It should. I yeah. Don't, I don't see. Any, there's not any reason why it shouldn't right now. So. Yeah. We'll see if the scheduling works. Yeah. But anyway, that's all I had to really talk about today. Me too. All right. Well, uh, where can people find you on Instagram, Corey? As always, c.crehan on the Instagram for pictures of amazing food and ripped pants. I ate some fabulous meals in L.A., Mm. um, including some beef fat dipped tacos and baby octopus. I'm not so on board with that second one, (laughs) but that first one sounds pretty good. It was amazing. So... Uh, what about you? Uh, I'm on Instagram at the Daily Downshift, and if you want bloggy type, more detailed build type stuff, uh, the Daily and you can email the podcast at beerandbackfire at gmail and find us on Facebook also at beerandbackfirepodcast. And that's all we have for this week. Good night.